Huey Lewis and the Blues? Isn't it Huey Lewis and the News? No, different guys. Huey Lewis and the News are the real band. Huey Lewis and the Blues are a band of roving Cuberts who go and play <laughs> the blues at your house. This week's connective tissue. I want to call my shot at oh, wow. at second one. The fascia. What is it? It's Cubert, David. Cubert. It's Cubert. Oh man, <laughs> this is like Babe Ruth walking up to the plate and just pointing, pointing. straight out over yes. the field. That's what it over, feels like. over the back wall, farthest part of the field. Here we go. Jason's calling I, it. <laughs> I will say it's it's. I don't have a lot of evidence for that except for one instance. But I I'm gonna try really hard. To find the connective tissue with Cubert among all all the all the spots, all the corners of this pod. I really after you keep on saying Cubert, I really want to give him a last name. So what's Cubert's last name? Is it Cubert Bert? Oh my Cubert god. Hugh? Cubert Hugh? Cubert Hugh. Where did you pull Hugh from? It feels I, correct. <laughs> I said Q, but Hugh also works. Cubert Hugh. I wonder what the internet I wonder what Wikipedia has to say about the lore of Cubert. It's Hugh spelled H U Q E. Gonna go ahead and type Cubert lore into the internet. <laughs> See what it spits back out at me. How does it like the second thing about Cubert is that he's male? How do you Whoa. know the gender of this creature? Only one way to check. <laughs> oh man, yeah, there must be some some of the uh, the the spinoff comics of Cubert were particularly <laughs> intense. Hey, it's video game podtimism, the Optimist <laughs> video game variety show where two best friends talk about the wonderful world of Cubert. Uh, my mm. name is Chase. And my name is David. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I do like Hubert Hugh. That does feel spiritually correct mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. It definitely rhymes, but like, I feel like Hugh feels like just weird enough, but also like that's a last name people have, you know? It is. It is. It reminds me, for, for some reason, it reminds me of uh, Hugh Grant. Hubert Hugh. Yeah. Does remind me of Hugh Jackman, but reminds me of Hugh Grant. <laughs> there Why? Is a, I don't know. <laughs> there is a man named DJ Cubert who is a real Whoa. guy. It's, he's a, uh, it's a real human being? Yeah, he's a Filipino DJ. <laughs> DJ Cubert? DJ Cubert, yeah. <laughs> he has a Wikipedia page. He's like a guy, you know? Big Cubert hasn't come after him yet? Yeah, no, Big Big Q Hugh isn't, <laughs> isn't freaking <laughs> down Hugh, his Hugh. neck. <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like it, but we do talk about video games here outside of this one guy. This is a Cubert cast now, from now <laughs> until forever. It's all, all Cubert all the time. This is it's on a big pivot. On the wreckitralph.fandom.com wiki slash Cubert page, I love that the last known status is alive. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> was he in Was he in the second Wreck-It Ralph? Is that why he's on the Wreck-It Ralph wiki? I have to assume so. Man, that is a deep cut. <laughs> David, have you been playing video games? It's all Cubert, baby. All the it's way down. It's all Cubert. I've been playing Cubert every minute of every day. I've lost my mind. It's all, I'm in the queue now. <laughs> exactly. No, but I have been playing Lies of Cubert. <laughs> every week, there's a new way to make this game's name funny. I beat it. It's done. Oh, wow. Congratulations. I am through the P. Most of this game, I felt like, okay, this is kind of, it is very similar to a Dark Souls game, but streamlined and the bosses are not nearly as difficult. Like most yeah. of the bosses I could beat like two to four goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not at all how it is with me in Dark Souls or Elden Ring or Bloodborne, yeah. where I'm like banging my head against a wall for like a couple days sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I was still enjoying it. I didn't think that I was taking anything away from the experience as far as like what I really enjoy from from soft game, but then mm-hmm. this 
last boss comes around and man that felt that felt like a from soft fight it was really really hard that i also really got tough. my ass kicked at that fight a lot and uh i had been just tanking through this last level mm-hmm. uh which was great i really enjoyed that last level it felt like such an arduous climb yeah up that tower it took so long so many different enemies you had to fight little mini bosses and whatnot a, a really well done uh last level i thought and then culminating when you go all the way up and then you go all the way back down yeah to fight this last boss yeah he was he was a tough one he was a very tough one it reminded me a lot of that last dungeon in ocarina of time where you have to like ascend ganondorf's tower or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which like i feel like given the inspiration given that like dark souls is so inspired by zelda like certainly Mm. the lives of P people are too. Yeah. Which is cool. I I really like it when they sort of like, it may not have been intentional, but I like that there's some connective tissue there. Yeah. There's a lot of connective tissue throughout lies of P lots Mm -hmm. of different things, but yeah, that last battle was just so mechanically dense. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It felt much more like a Sekiro game to me at the end. All things considered, it did not feel to me like I was playing Bloodborne because Bloodborne was all about the parries and the dodging. Mm-hmm. This was all about the timed perfect guards, which is much more like yeah. a Sekiro thing. You really did have to get it down for that. Yeah, very much like I think I talked about a little bit on some of the, the other pod when I was talking about this game and mm-hmm. um, that you can kind of play in certain different styles of FromSoft games with different bosses or, or uh, enemies in particular. Yeah. But I felt like really what the base of the game was, was like a Sekiro like, because honestly, at the end there, I wasn't even looking at the animations. Mm-hmm. I would just learn how to time the first one, and then it was just a rhythm game after that. <laughs> yes, it was just no, to- a rhythm game after that. Totally know what you mean. And that's when the game kind of unlocked for, for me, and that last boss in particular unlocked for me. Mm-hmm. When you just read what's going to happen with that first move, and then just, okay, here's the, here's the Dance Dance Revolution beats coming down. I got this. We're good. Mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoyed the ending. I thought they were doing something interesting with with their take on Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. What is what is a human? I don't know if it's the most unique take on things ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like very tried and true kind of like anime story yeah. uh, or it's just like sci-fi fantasy storytelling in a lot of ways, but it's executed nicely. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited for that little teaser at the end know, with their yeah. <laughs> interconnected universe of uh, different fictional characters. I won't say who it is or what it is, but they got some things brewing uh, and I'm very curious to see. If you don't know what we're talking about, I promise you there's no way you can guess what the connected universe is. It is just out of nowhere. It's great. Um, So yeah, I'm very, I'm very stoked on that. So what I really loved about Lies of P Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily how, you know, unique or original the game felt. Yeah. Going back to some of the stuff that you've already said about it in the Mm -hmm. past, I definitely agree with a lot of what you said. I just don't think it's a deal breaker for me. Totally. Yeah. And it makes it feel more like a greatest hits sort of thing to me, like a really good, like a really good, like cover band in a lot of ways. Yeah. Cause like Krat reminds me a lot of my feeling exploring rapture, right? Mm -hmm. The mechanics of the game, through and through from soft bloodborne and sekiro mostly some dark souls thrown in there right yeah and then you know there's, there's a little bit of the last of us in there with those yeah. very reminiscent of clicker enemies there's a little bit of batman in there with that enemy who's very much like bane <laughs> right who's like the big wrestler oh, guy yeah. sure. who injects stuff into his body to get stronger but I, I think it does all come together nicely into this very impressive 
package that they have crafted mm-hmm. oh so nicely. And it really is such a nice and pretty package that sure. they have and present that they have made for fans of all of those different games. Because like I said, none of it feels like a knockoff to me. It just very much feels like a lo- like I said before, like a love letter to all mm-hmm. of these different games because they've so put so much time and effort and care into making it feel good still yeah and also still making it feel like their own thing but with very clear inspiration drawn from a certain area and i think that's really what puts this game apart for me like it's yeah to make a a musical analogy here it feels like you know the song higher ground sung by stevie wonder and the red hot chili peppers is a vastly different song so you know it's one thing to do a cover but it's another thing to very put very much put your own take and style and yeah. artistry onto something that is clearly inspired by something else. Totally. Um, and in a way, I think that might actually be more difficult to do mm-hmm. than starting from from 100%, 100% from scratch. Maybe that differs from people from person to person, but uh, it is it is I think difficult to do. So hats off to this this game studio, Studio 18, I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Well done, man. I know. Yeah. Great game. Really enjoyed it. Start start, start to finish. Never really lulled for me. Just really kept me chugging along in the world of Krat with Mr. P himself. <laughs> I mean, it's I think it's a testament to the game that both of us finished it. You know, <laughs> like I I'm, I don't always finish the games that I start, but. And it's not always that you and I both play something that we're like so compelled to play that we just have to beat the game all the way through. Yeah. And I agreed. Like, I feel like the pace of it was very good. I never felt like, oh boy, really got to like backtrack and, mm-hmm. or, you know, and go Dark through Souls and- games often can feel that way. There are parts of them. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I do wonder how much of that is like Miyazaki's like masochism, you know, of like, I'm going to yeah. make this borderline funny how hard this game is. Yeah. And like, you know, I will make you run back through the whole level or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. You have to run through the whole level and hope you don't get hit with an mm-hmm. instant kill move to fight the boss again. So I appreciate that they don't, they don't have that streak in them. Sure. It just lets you get to all the, the very tasty good bits of the game, mm-hmm. uh, which is the, the fight fighting mechanics, which are exceptional, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, really excited to see what they do next. And now after I said Mr. P, I really think they need to have a Mr. T a DLC for Ooh. this game. Yeah, lies of Just tea. Lies of tea. Way in lies that. of tea. <laughs> just Mr. T in there and he's just punching <laughs> punching people. Yeah, you have no choice of weapons. It's fists, man. Or maybe he's just another game in this game universe that they're going to be making here. Anyways, yeah. great game. Really yeah, enjoyed it. Good. I have also been playing a lot of Inscription still. Oh, hell yeah. Where are you at? What are you doing in there? How hard was it for you to not say anything more last week? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I was, I had to like, st- like just punch my legs to try and distract myself from not just totally blowing it. I'm also surprised our discord didn't just like at you of like, Hey, here's everything. Here's what happens. Yeah. I have not beaten it yet, but yeah. I've gotten to, I think, I, I think who knows at this point, the, the great twist in the middle of it, or once you beat Leshy, it now becomes instead of a deck building roguelike, a deck building RPG, mm-hmm. uh, where you go around card battling everybody within, within sight. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is kind of what I was expecting a lot of these Yu-Gi-Oh games that we've been playing so far to be like. Yeah. And I enjoy this very much. It's, it's fun. It's, it's much different. I feel like it, it almost feels like the beginning of the game was 
one big tutorial in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah. to teach you because now the game is more difficult. Like you can't mm-hmm. always just pull squirrels. You don't get these little cheats like to, to take a piece of your tooth out, right. get more uh, points on the board or whatever. You really just have to focus in on building your deck the yeah. right way. And man, that took a second for me to get. Some of these some of these bosses will just destroy you. But now I'm just, I'm a mantis god, man. He's that Mantis <laughs> god is my god. Oh yeah. And that is the one that brings me to victory. But I'm fighting Magnificus now. I've beaten all the other scribes. He's the yeah. last one. And he's kind of forcing me to have to make a mage deck at this point. So I have to go and figure out how to use the mage cards because I've just been doing beast this whole time because that's just what I that's what I was raised on, baby. I got I know my beast cards. <laughs> so uh, I have I, I don't I, I'm really enjoying it. I wish that they would force me to experiment with the decks a little bit more because I feel like once I just got a good beast deck going, I just kind of ran through the first three scribes. Yeah. Um, but now they're really making me have to think with Magnificus's power. We'll see how that goes. That's a, that's a, that's where I'm at right now. It feels like I'm getting to the end of the game, but I have uh, honestly at this point I have no idea. We shall see. <laughs> and then it becomes a first person shooter. <laughs> You're just firing cards at people at Mach 10. Yeah, you know. Who knows? Who knows what will happen, David? Mm. Inscription's a very good game. I like this game a lot. I become the leshy. After having played the Pokemon TCG, I feel like that second like chapter of the game feels very familiar in a cool way. Yeah. Because it, it really reminds me of that that playthrough of the the Game Boy or the Pokemon trading game mm. on like Game Boy. I see you uh decided to call it the second chapter, not the final chapter. Yeah, mm. you know, the second half. Mm. We'll see we'll what see. we'll see what's what's in store for me in the crypt. Qbert has the answers, David. <laughs> If it just becomes a Cubert sim, I'm going to scream. <laughs> like I called uh, it. I knew it in my bones. <laughs> this is the Cubert level now. I did see that uh, originally his name was Hubert. I was looking on Wikipedia. Oh. It's, I was just sort of flipping through the Cubert lore page. And so Hugh is like spiritually correct because that was his name at some point. Whoa. Yeah. Spoke it into existence. I think the universe spoke to you. It, <laughs> it, it fed you not the words, but the truth. And you were just present enough to know it was it talking to me or was it listening through you because i said cubert q you're the mm. one who heard hugh sure yeah the truth was is somewhere always... somewhere in between the in the internet yeah it changed my cue to hugh for you to hear <laughs> uh, yeah i think that's just the universe it was it, it it aligned the truth for both of us the universal truth aligner i get it I see it. I feel I think, it. I think near automata might've fucked my brain up too much. <laughs> Sometimes I'm talking. I'm like, this is just near. I'm speaking in nearisms. So just philosophical nonsense. Mm-hmm. Feels good to say it. Feels it does feel good it. to say it. Doesn't feels mean anything, it. but it feels good to say it. Doesn't mean a damn thing. Automata means something, but the words I said don't. What does near mean? Who knows? Who knows? Person's name. Anyways, what have I been playing? Played a little bit of trombone champ with my friends down in LA. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> One of them listens to the podcast and he was saying that he heard me talk about Trom- Trombone Champ and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is him telling me that I need to download this game so that when he comes <laughs> over, we can play it. And I was like, I mean, yeah, that's exactly that what is I it. That that's exactly it. So thank you. Uh, yeah. It was good fun. Lots yeah. of lots of toots were had. Yeah. It is such a silly game. It is such a silly game. Yeah. I kind of can't stop playing it in a, in a way, even though the controls don't work that well all the time. <laughs> it is a, a delightful, beautiful mess. It is the hashtag bless this mess of video games. <laughs> it, you're right. It does. So the controls aren't perfect for sure. Yeah. That, so, that almost works in its favor in the way that yeah. like quap doesn't work very well. Where <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it kind of adds to the 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 chaos of it all. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then you add in the wonkiness of the, the Switch Joy-Con just in general. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the baby, you got a stew going. That you got point. a stew going. Yeah. You got a stew going. Uh, but that's pretty much all I've been playing this week besides the game that we played for the pod this week. Sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Video games, dude. Video games. They're really good. What have you been playing, Chase? Couple things. I really just want to talk about two of them. I will say, like, the one game that has been taking up by far most of my time is still like a dragon, mm. Infinite Wealth. Been playing a lot of that game. Nice. I'm at towards the end of it where they have given me like a battle tower where they're like, Hey, if you want to like level up and get some cool shit, you oh. can go through like multiple levels of just like, that's your jam. Oh man. It's the same. It's the same siren song that like a Coliseum calls yeah, to me. Absolutely. And I'm realizing that part of it, at least for me is the, I really like when a game is like, Hey, if you want to kind of kick the end of the game's ass a little bit, mm. do this thing. That just is put like the time, baby. Yeah. Just put in the time, put in the hours and like, mm-hmm something about that is really nice because it's not just the the coliseum or the battle tower itself it's the fact that like i'm so much higher level by the time that i get out of there that like (laughs) these big tough bosses towards the end are like not nearly as hard as they would have been if i was Mm -hmm. like still at the same level as them nice and man oh god it's just so satisfying to be able to like totally wipe out a group of dudes with like one attack oh Mm -hmm. my god especially when they're being a bunch of shitheads right yeah man they're just like trying to resist the will of my cool cool friends and me you know (laughs) you it's will great. submit to our will with violence yeah but like also we're friends now oh. now that i beat you up we're friends that's mm. the that's the arc of a lot of bad guys in, in this game gotta beat them up gotta be more friends so that's the thing that i've been playing a lot of but the other two games that i've been playing are like sort of tangentially related to the main game that we played the second one a lot more directly but the first one that i've been playing is ogre tactics reborn whoa you really which, dipped in, you're dipping into the ogre tactics. yeah i'm big into the ogre right now big ogre wow. head big ogre over there cool <laughs> so this is a remake of the game tactics ogre let us cling together <laughs> I, I know it's kind of a mouthful they have some good subtitles for those games i know yeah they're, they're really fun what was the one um, we played person of lordly caliber yes i think that was it excellent so i knew about that game because there was a remake of it for the psp but that itself was a remake of the game from the super famicom so it's been like a long time of this game kind of like re-releasing every now and then yeah um and so this one is a remake of i i think the one for psp but which is in turn itself a remake so i'm not really sure where the ouroboros ends there um <laughs> but like it's it's essentially the game from the playstation or the cool. the Super Famicom. It's uh it only came out in Japan on the on the on the Famicom, but came stateside mm-hmm. uh, on the PlayStation. So as I had sort of like referred to and, and gestured at last week, uh, there were some people that worked on this one that would go on to work on like a bunch of like kind of influential games, especially at Square yeah. Enix. Mm-hmm. Um, Yasumi Matsuno was one of them. He was this dude who like, I think he was a producer, designer who uh, worked on this, Battle Ogre, Final Fantasy Tactics. And the most clear one for me in playing this game is Vagrant Story and Final Fantasy Twelve as well. Mm-hmm. And then like, there's a bunch of people also that are on there. Uh, Hiroshi Minagawa and Hitoshi Sakimoto and Masahiro Iwata for the art and the music, all kind of orbiting around really similar games. Like they're, they're in Square Enix and they're working on like same stuff vagrant story final fantasy 12 so i think in the this game in ogre tactics like it is 
you can see the influence for sure. I think like the not impressionist, but like almost watercolor paintings of the character art, uh, the music feels very mm-hmm. similar. And I think just like the the story being this like kind of political intrigue mm. feels very Final Fantasy 12 feels very vagrant story. And not to mention, like the game does take place in Ivalice, which is the same recurring place from Final Fantasy 12 and vagrant story. So like, yeah, they are kind of connected in certain ways. For anybody who doesn't know what this is or like I I, I think that the closest thing is if you've seen Final Fantasy Tactics, it's very similar where like mm-hmm. the battlefield is tilted like 45 degrees over and up. So you're kind of seeing it from like almost isometric view, almost like Cubert, if you could imagine what Cubert <laughs> looks like. You had that one locked and loaded. This is the one I knew. This is the one that I knew for <laughs> sure. That's the Cubert connection. The other two, a little more up in the air. I might have called that shot a little early. That's right. We'll see it. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's essentially a game where it's like a tactics game. You you take turns going from one person to the next uh, on this like battlefield. Uh, so I think uh, for, for me, I don't have a a ton of experience with games like this like they're very uh it's definitely a type of game right Mm -hmm. but final fantasy tactics and i think it's a game that came out i think it's called fey tactics is Uh, does doing a similar thing where it's like kind of of a similar visual style Mm -hmm. and i think you see a lot of people making those games and like stoked on these games because there's not that many of them at least in this like art style or like visual style i feel like you see a lot more of stuff like fire emblem where it's like either completely top down and you're just sort of like moving pieces on the what look like almost a big chessboard, like a complicated chessboard, mm-hmm. or you see stuff in the uh, like XCOM mold of tactics where it's, you know, a little bit closer and your hits are determined by like kind of just some, some stats going on in the background. Uh, but it's a lot fewer of people that you're fighting with at any given time and whereas this one it does feel like there's kind of a lot of units on on the map and then obviously like the the topography is like a big deal like being above someone is like a a a huge advantage for like your percent to hit and shit Mm -hmm. like that so the visual style is like definitely a big part of that because you can see how high or low someone is pretty easily from from just like looking at it whereas like in in fire emblem it's kind of up to you to see like is that a forest tile is that a a mountain tile that i'm about to be on the same thing with advanced war too where like it is important where you're standing when you fight Mm -hmm. but it's like it is not almost immediately as readable you know usually they'll they'll make it a little bit easier by putting like you know a little forest sprite down there but typically you do kind of have to like check to see like is is this actually what i think it is Mm -hmm. uh so yeah that's that's what the game is i for my money i think like kind of prefer the fire emblem stuff Mm-hmm. That no may, surprise there. Yeah, I, I think it may just be the <laughs> level of exposure that I've had to these games. Like I sure. played a lot of them and they really clicked almost immediately. And like I did try, I think I, I had bought Final Fantasy Tactics way back when it just, I kind of put it down or sold it back because it like I think it was just kind of a lot it's definitely more complicated than just straight up fire emblem I remember playing Final Fantasy Tactics I would think I was in middle school and then they kept on asking me like to make it to, to choose a job and that was too <laughs> much for me I'm like I don't know I don't know what this job is I have a class I have all this other stuff and now I yes. have a job too like what, what does it even mean yeah it, it it does feel like it's pulling a little bit more from like the deeper RPGs that it's yeah. orbiting around you know like yeah vagrant story and final fantasy 12 like aren't horribly complicated but they're not nearly as simple as fire emblem you know mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think Fire Emblem, and I, I, this is a good thing for me at least, like fire, a, a strength of Fire Emblem is the fact that it teaches you kind of the weapon circle of like, okay, axes beat uh, spears, spears beat sword, and swords beat axes. That's mm. pretty simple. You have some classes that are pretty like immediately clear what they do, you know, sure. like some of them move farther, some of them are healers. It's very obvious that like if you use an archer to hit somebody, you can attack them from farther away and shit like that. Sure. And that stuff exists in Tactics Ogre and uh, the Final Fantasy Tactics games, but there's a lot more nuance to that. And there are a lot of classes and a lot of Mm -hmm. different like weapons and equipment and shit like that that you do have to manage that feels a little just like one step above what Fire Emblem is does as far as Mm -hmm. complexity goes. But the Fire Emblem is more streamlined, kind of like how Liza P is streamlined. (laughs) How it's a streamlined version of Dark Souls. No, Uh, (laughs) it it is a streamlined version of Fire Emblem Uh, or sorry, backwards. Fire Emblem is a more streamlined version of this that was the last lies of p i, I had to i had to get one we'll last see. one in we'll, we'll see I, I mean, that's fair we'll see cubert will deem whether or not it is true <laughs> we we will go to the court of cubert <laughs> so anyway all that being said i kind of wanted to give this another try just because like there are so many fans of this game that i'm just like i like there there's something there and i would like to be a part of it and my thought was just like i feel like i may just have to get used to the combat for myself to enjoy it and like so far i will say that that's mostly true like i've been playing a fair bit of it and there is a learning curve or at least there was for me Uh of like i just don't really know where to position my units or like when to attack or like when to sort of like pull back i i I just feel like it's a lot more obvious in fire emblem where it's Mm -hmm. like if someone starts getting totally fucked up on the front line you do need to move them back or mercifully in like three houses they have the divine pulse so you can like go back and change it or like try something else um and there is permadeath in this one so you do kind of have to be careful with like not just throwing someone onto the front line that said they do give you a lot of people so it's kind of like well you know there's there's some clunkers in this group (laughs) um (laughs) some cannon fodder is what you're saying yes yeah Whereas like when I'm playing Fire Emblem, I'm all almost always like I will not lose a person. That will simply not be how I play this game. Jaded General Chase. Yeah, this one I'm a little bit more pragmatic of like, well, you know, some people are gonna die. <laughs> Send Carl out there, it's fine. <laughs> he'll be fine. He'll be great. Yeah. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. <laughs> But uh, I, I I see why people like this game for sure. And I think the, the stuff that really excites me about this game is when they have these levels that are sort of a little bit longer, like essentially it will say like, okay, here's the level where we have to go storm this castle. And it essentially will put you through like three different battles right in a row where it's like, okay, we're outside the castle gate and we're fighting people. And then, you know, once you beat that, it sort of like zooms out a little bit and just immediately takes you into like the next stage of the fight where you're inside the castle walls and you're fighting people. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. eventually you're in like the throne room and shit. Oh, that's cool. It is cool. I like that. I think that there's a tangibility to that, that Fire Emblem very much feels like almost like a stage play sometimes where it's like, and here's the place where this whole level takes place and, you know, events will happen here, but this is it really. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of like dynamic stuff happening with happening with those levels. And so I do appreciate that they're, they're doing a little bit more there. I think that this game is at least so far, it, it might not be the case at the end game, but it is a little bit more like swords and sorcery kind of fantasy rather than like some of the nutty shit that goes on in fire emblem. You know, there's mm-hmm. like 
dark lords and stuff pretty much immediately in most fire emblems whereas this one like like i said it's really like about political intrigue from the jump you know saying like which nation is doing right by its people and stuff like that yeah uh again it's very final fantasy 12 very vagrant story Mm -hmm. and so i appreciate all that but i I think that is the stuff that gets me excited about it too and just like the the scale of battles there are a lot more people on the field at a certain time Hmm. and so at a certain point it does feel closer to something like total war or something where it's like you have you know 16 units all pushing at the same time and uh sort of just like prodding and poking at uh the 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 enemy units whereas like i think that fire emblem is more focused on like heroes you know sure. rather than like are is one person who is part of a bigger thing it's like this is my big fucking cool knight and he's gonna kick your ass you know of course you celebrity do have- culture for knights <laughs> yeah so i i think that there are different things to appreciate there Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of it is just the the approach to story and sort of the graphical style. But just like, yeah, I, I think the mechanics of it are, are obviously different, but there is a lot to appreciate there. It is complicated. Like, I do feel like I'm thinking a lot. And again, that may just be exposure. I played so much Fire Emblem that I kind of know like what to do most of the time. But I do feel like I really have to consider like, all right, if I push up, you know, mm-hmm. the easy way, quote unquote, then I will be closer and I could probably finish these you know, few people off faster. But I'll be kind of exposed in this little like valley where it's easier to hit me from above. So, you know, do I need to maybe wait and push around and get a couple people up on like a ledge to hmm. to fight a little bit easier? It's a little Baldur's Gatey in that way where like your verdict verticality is very important and so high ground high high ground is a big deal so Mm -hmm. it's interesting it makes me think just a little bit more so i like that i i I like that about this game there's a lot of people that worked on this game that work are working on unicorn overlord another connection from last week Uh, yeah i'm excited about it i really want to see what's going on with that game Um, (laughs) i know it's it's such a it's really rearing its head a lot in my life which is interesting yeah (laughs) i'm really curious about it so yeah that is uh tactics ogre reborn mm-hmm. i think i said ogre tactics at some point i don't know i barely know what this video game is man so where are the ogres i think that ogres are like a like monster essentially it's like the old enemy of humanity kind of uh-huh i have not run into them yet <laughs> i don't know if i'm just like not far enough into this game or what but Do they just like come out of the end at all these games like yeah the ogres are here yeah <laughs> yeah there's one dude they're back again <laughs> one man named ogre yeah who knows is that uh, name is og er first name og mysticious mispronounce it <laughs> the other game that i've been playing david is uh-huh. this game called endless space 2 whoa this sounds yeah. like a chase game for sure <laughs> uh it's also a david game i, I i've learned Yo. a new th- a new thing about uh your your appreciation for video games uh, oh whoa yeah fresh very is it fresh. about cubert it is i see i'm i'm reaching in the dark right now man i'm like where is my cubert connection <laughs> where is the cube where is he no endless space is a game from this uh company called amplitude studios that they make kind of a lot of games in this sort of series they've made uh endless space one obviously that was like their first big hit i think their first game in general uh also endless legend which is a, a game that i have played before uh-huh uh humankind as well it, it sort of feels like they are like hey what if we were also sid meyer you know like oh sure because all of the, most of these games are 4x games mm. endless space and endless legend specifically are very much like you know go out into the galaxy or this fantasy land and take over some spots and get some units and you know either do the the cultural victory or the science victory or yeah. you know the, the military domination sort of thing but uh endless space 2 i was playing this mostly as a lens into the game that we're talking about master of orion 2 
mm-hmm. because like both of them are 4x games both of them are uh space games and but this one is like much more recent right yeah master of orion 2 i think it was a, a game that came out in 96 whereas this one was like much much more recent of a release and just kind of wanted to see like where's the connective tissue here like what is the stuff yeah. that is translated over and just like background for me at least like i think that civ was definitely my first 4x game Mm-hmm. For anybody yeah. who doesn't know what that means, it's like a a shortening of uh, what is it? Expand, explore, explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. Yes, exactly. A very brutal way to uh, approach what has <laughs> you're you're killing dudes and and taking over the universe. Like it starts off okay, but then it just slowly gets worse with each word that it adds. That's, the turn at exploit is always like ay, ay, ay. yeah, explore. You're like okay, expand. Uh, maybe okay, sure, exploit. Yeah. Uh, you lost me Tough. and then exterminate is like oh okay i'm fully out <laughs> yeah fully no, we're, out now we're bad but yeah so the, the i feel like the first one of these that i had played was civ mm-hmm. not not starcraft or command and conquer but civ i well starcraft i think is more in the like real-time strategy genre more oh, than anything sure. else you know because like quite I, 4x you can't I don't research think so. things or, or if you do it's within the cycle of like an hour right and then sure. the, the the next level you have to like start all that over Mm-hmm. Whereas like in a lot of these games, it's like you're mostly playing one long campaign Yeah, that, you know, there's like tech trees and military and like usually there's some kind of perk to whatever like civilization you're playing as. Mm-hmm. But to me, when I was playing, I think it was Civ 4 was the first one that I really got into. Yeah, it felt kind of like nothing else. And so yeah. I definitely I didn't think that, you know, this is the only game like this, but it was kind of the only one that I was interested in for a long time. I think just because like Civ does a very good job of making it easy for you to play it, you know, mm-hmm. like I think it's the some of the smartest stuff those Civ games do do, uh, do is that they give you that like advisor who's like, hey, you might want to build this next or yeah this is not a bad idea for research, you know? And I feel like if you just kind of like do most of that, that like on the easy and like, I think even kind of the normal difficulties, like you'll do okay at the very least, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's when you're playing on harder difficulties or especially when you're playing with other people that you have to be like really conscious of what you're like building towards. I think like a loop that I see a lot in these games is, you know, you have a small town or a, a, planet in the case of this game that you start off with you you know build it up a little bit so it's like giving you a little bit of money per turn all these games operate in turns like a board game almost where Mm -hmm. you can do a certain number of actions per turn and then you end it and then everybody else or at least the cpus all kind of take their turn at the same time and then it returns back to you that uh you you know you go over to the next couple turns you start a new colony maybe a new planet you build towards some kind of research in a lot of these games like politics plays a big deal Mm -hmm. Uh, i think civ you know they have elections and like you have to keep your people happy and shit yeah and like I, I don't know. I just I found all of that very interesting. But, you know, obviously this is a, 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 bi- a bigger genre. So I think after having played those games for a long time and, you know, playing with other people and having that be something that is fun and you have to kind of riff a little bit and figure out, like, what's my niche, you know? Yeah, that 
I was more open to these games. And I think, like I said, Endless Legend was one that I played a while back that I was like, hey, I like this. And this is something that is familiar to me. Mm-hmm. But also because these games are gigantic and huge and lengthy, <laughs> yeah. it sometimes I'm like a little bit intimidated or I'm like, I don't know if I want to put in that much time to a game that I just kind of like. Mm-hmm. I love Civ. And the reason that it, I can spend so much time with it, even despite the fact it's kind of just like, it's kind of just like managing a spreadsheet, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of these games are kind of just that. There are like a hundred moving parts and a lot of your job is to just like get the numbers in the right place or like get the workers in a good spot to the point where you're generating enough research or coin or military or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think Civ does a really good job at kind of like making that fun. Whereas yeah. like something that like I know people love is uh, Stellaris is like yeah. or uh, what is that other game? Europa Univar- Universalis, which is like Whoa. the most complicated wild ah. shit, you know, <laughs> like some of those games just go so hard to the point where I'm like, I don't think I have the patience to like devote enough time to this for it to yeah. be good. Despite the fact that I know like people who like it, they're like, there's nothing else like this once mm-hmm. you're like good enough at it. Once you've read your textbook. Yeah. Once, once you've become an expert, once you put in your 10,000 hours to become like a master (laughs) at this thing, it's amazing. But I think like just taste wise, I definitely prefer the models where they give you like a little bit of ease. They get like, they offer you some, some advice, advisory help in the game or Uh that like, you know, the difficulty isn't so bad that you can't just kind of like wing it for a little while. And then like, once you get a little bit better, then it it becomes easier. Mm -hmm. All that said. Endless Space 2. I really like this game. I think it's really, really fun. I'm a, like, I'm, I'm a space guy, you know? Love you a sure structure. Love, yeah. love the space. Essentially, the way the game works is, it's, again, it's pretty similar. You start with like a planet in a system mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. And, you know, I think you, you like you have to be able to have settled there. Like the planet has to be habitable, but the rest uh-huh. of the planets in the system don't have to be habitable. So you could just have like totally terrible planets in your other system. <laughs> totally that, like, terrible planets. Totally <laughs> terrible planets that like maybe they're, you know, you could get some like food from them, but like maybe, you know, they're not good to live on or whatever. Uh-huh. And so almost immediately you are asked to like, you know, go through these, I think they call them like star lanes or something. It's just like there are connections to other systems that you can go yeah. explore and wander around and check out like, oh, is this one a good spot for us to maybe expand to. There's a lot of planets that are like, it's not a place that you can colonize immediately, but uh, there might be some interesting thing there. So you have to like go, you know, send a probe down to be like, what is this thing on this planet? Was there life here a while ago? Or probing, huh? Yeah, you're probing. Is there like an early civilization or something that is currently building here? Mm-hmm. Which is all very cool. Like, I love the probing minigame in Mass Effect. I was about to say, you said probe planet, and that immediately took me to Mass Effect. <laughs> yes. Which is like definitely in in the second one, it is much of, uh, or in Mass Effect 2, it is a way to get resources. And like, I'm okay with that. It's just a fun little minigame. Uh-huh. But I, I do like the idea of like just exploring planets and having like story come out of that. Mm. You know, we were this one civilization and the other star system next to us had like way more advanced civilization or a way less advanced civilization. Or it had this kind of like resource that we could tap that would make like it, it incredibly accelerate our research or something like that. So there's just all that stuff that happens. That's uh, what's the word? Not expansive. The, the phrase for like games that aren't written not procedural emergent emergent all uh, all these games are emergent right at at least in the way that they are structured like none of this is written it's just sort of like a game that procedurally generates a whole 
you know, galaxy and then you get to go explore it. And I think part of the fun of that is the story that you get told in that in that way of like, you know, I we expanded too quickly and my planets got mad. And uh, in this game specifically, there's this really cool system where um, they have like elections, essentially. So mm-hmm. if you have a planet that is like largely like agrarian, like just farming there, they will put forward like a lot of candidates in these elections that want like farming representation, right? Like the people mm-hmm. are like, we need policies to be enacted that help farmers or the people yearn for farming, the, the, the children yearn for the mines, David. <laughs> <laughs> um, or the uh, the same thing is true of like a scientific planet or uh, one that does a lot of production or something like that. And so uh-huh. you will be sort of encouraged to adopt like political policies that benefit those people, right? That are like that favor farmers or favor like research or something like that, which it's, it's pretty easy when a lot of your planets are not that diverse. Like if it's, if you're just kind of a research based civilization, a lot of the time you will get like people put up for votes that represent like research people. And so you can kind of just like roll with that, but it does become more complicated when you start getting into like a huge civilization where it's like, I have a lot of different kind of planets and a lot of different kind of focuses on those planets. And so how do I like keep all of these people together? Mm-hmm. Which is very cool. Like again, I think that so many of the 4x games are a way of making something that is very complicated into a very like crunchy mechanic sure and and it's somehow able to represent like political representation (laughs) a thing that is just like here's some numbers of people who want something and then you have to go like make this change that might cost you something right like maybe it is more it's more expensive to upkeep this policy you're getting a ton more research and your people are happier so like Mm -hmm. maybe that's worth it yeah yeah it's cool um i i think that it's a lot of the best things that i can say about this game are are things that you can say about a lot of these games right like the push and pull between the different uh civilizations that you encounter where like hey these people are exceptionally aggressive right how are we going to deal with that because they just like put down a colony on our borders but also like we don't have a military we've just been farming for like a hundred turns like what are we (laughs) supposed to do now and then suddenly having to like figure that out gotta give them wheat you gotta give them wheat man so you you know you arm your your farmers and send them out into space or whatever all of that's very fun i think that that loop still really works and like they they have done just such a good job of visualizing that stuff i think for me these games live and die by how much I can understand by just looking at it. You know, I, again, I, I just don't, I don't want to read a book to have to understand what's going on in these games. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of it is just an exercise in user interface design of like, can I look at this and see what I need to see to be good at the game of like, how much money do I have? How many people do I have? Which is like an exceptionally important thing in these games, like population. Yeah incredibly important for almost any of these gotta have population gotta Gotta have people gotta gotta keep it gotta keep it going (laughs) yeah growing only going and growing baby going and growing do you think maybe a friend of ours might have a motto like that going and growing a friend of ours oh are you are you invoking cubert again Does Cubert grow? I know he jumps. He jump. I don't know if he grows. I don't know if he's like Snake from Snake. I don't remember him getting any bigger than he does. He's definitely going. I think he he definitely goes. He definitely he definitely goes. Does he grow? Who knows? It's out. The the jury's out. Yeah, maybe not growing, but you said groaning. So maybe going and groaning is his his thing. 
I feel like he definitely groans. He definitely groans. There's like a, the whole, I feel like the whole thing with Qbert is that he shouts like explicit language, right? Like there's the little like, does he? Speech I have bubble. no idea. I need to brush up on your Q lore. I your have lore no of knowledge of Q lore. I've never played Qbert in my life. I will, I will really? admit this right now. Interesting. It's a it's a big gaming hole for me. Maybe next week it's Qbert. Maybe, Maybe next week is <laughs> time for Q. Q. I told you it's a Qbert podcast now. Anyway, uh, I, I, I really liked this game. I think it is really, really fun. It's definitely a one more turn kind of game, right? I think all yeah. of the four X games are. That's how they get um, you until two in the morning. It really, yeah, it, it really is. Cause like you're always just a little bit farther away from like one new technology or finishing something that will make it really easy to produce a bunch of shit on one planet, mm-hmm. you know, colonizing a new star system or something like that. It's weird to me that this, this kind of game hasn't been pushed over to like mobile or something mm. because like it feels rife to be exploited but it's kind of not like these games are just so big and like huge yeah. that they haven't really been like like there's no battle pass for for endless space to you sure know? you're gonna exploit the exploiter <laughs> yeah exactly the for rife for microtransactions <laughs> the third the exploit in this game refers to the player <laughs> yeah there you go not not the game but uh yeah it really does keep you engaged despite again despite the fact that like i know this sounds like a dig despite the fact it's like a very complicated excel spreadsheet mm. it that's really not i think it's just like these are really complicated games with so many moving parts that like that is kind of what it is it doesn't rely on you like being fast enough to shoot something yeah or it's also not it's not the banished vault either that game that we had talked about last year Mm. where it's like that feels so much like a puzzle and a board game at the same time sure this one's a little bit different where it does have room for error you can uh adjust and and be uh uh, malleable with your approach to these games but uh it really does it, it keeps you there it's you're in it it seems pretty cool i was just looking at some of the the screenshots of it it looks like a mm-hmm. modernized version of masters of orion 2 yeah it, it definitely does and like i i was looking at this and we'll talk a little bit more about it when we talk about masters of orion 2 but like i think that that game had such an influence on the genre that you see a ton of games like that where like yeah. they're very much doing the space thing that weirdly enough i think i don't know if i, I think civ might have been around at the time but like i think it's odd that that one was the first one to hit big sure or at least like you know for my money what feels big i don't really know like uh sales numbers or anything uh-huh. like that it totally could be that this game like blew it out of the water when it came out at the time uh-huh. but i feel like for a while civ was like kind of a cultural touch point within it was in video the zeitgeist games. yeah like people talked about you know the fucking gandhi memes and shit like that from civ 4 yeah. or 5 or whatever for a long time way more than like they talked about like the bird people in uh masters of orion <laughs> 2 <laughs> now i think i think there's something about that civ is has i think probably better presentation and then also it's mm-hmm. more relatable in that it's humanity it's like people that you know of it's not like glorbeck the third it's like hey i want to <laughs> be your your like captain and i have all these stats it's like oh it's gandhi oh it's charlemagne yeah right it's great it's grounded it's it's gandhi it's charlemagne it's cubert i would i would love if they started doing weird dlcs for <laughs> civ and just like here's a hero it's john snow yeah it's a different guy there might be i think that there is a game of thrones mod for a lot of the civilization games I've heard that the only one that you want to mess with is Crusader Kings 2 mod for Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Because then you can really get like into all the political alliances and the marriages and stuff. Sure. I've seen it 
very very often on the uh, Song of Ice and Fire subreddit. Mm, yeah, the deep minds. The deep minds. Back in the day, at least. This yeah. I haven't been there in a while, so sure. maybe some maybe things have changed. I don't know. It's probably for the best. Probably for the best. I'm not on that crack cocaine anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Anyway, David, this will all bring me to my optimistic thing of the game, which is of the game. The optimistic thing of the game is Cubert. I and I and I, I should have said Cubert. No. <laughs> It's Twitch plays Pokemon, David. Oh, I always love it when they go back into it. It's very fun. I have unfortunate news why they're doing it. Oh, because Uh it is the the 10 year anniversary of them doing it for the first time. uh, Part of me, what what I was going to say about why I like it is it reminds me of me and my youth and how much exuberance (laughs) I had for the world. I would love to challenge you on that, David, Oh, because you were working at a bad job at the time. There was a lot (laughs) of stress in your life. Twitch plays this Pokemon was cool, but I feel it like was a shining him. beacon in my life at the time. Maybe that's it, what it was. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I feel like <laughs> I see the, the light of David's eyes much more often these days than I did when you were 24, 23, whatever. Yeah. 2022. 20, if it's, tw- if, if it's a 10 year anniversary, children, God. I was a child. I was yeah. But a boy. I love Twitch plays Pokemon for anybody who doesn't know what that is. It's essentially just like a, I guess like not an automated, but it, it is an integration between the chat and Twitch and a game of Pokemon. It's democratized Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah. So like if you, I I can't remember exactly how they do it now, but it's essentially like everybody in chat is at the same time trying to control the game by saying like up or down or select start any of the buttons that would be on a Game Boy. Mm -hmm. And the game just takes all of those and does all of them in order. Again, it's just a single game of Pokemon. So it's just sort of like thousands of people shouting at the top of their lungs (laughs) what to do in a game of Pokemon, but it is respecting every one of those wishes, which is like when it first started, I feel like, you know, whatever it was 10 years ago, I was like, oh, that's fun. And there's absolutely no way that they will beat the game. There's simply no way that that will happen. Yeah. There's some pretty specific things you have to do in that game to win. Yes. It's like, uh, like, how are you ever going to finish all of these very, very strange and specific things you need to do, let alone just like leave pallet town you know yeah but sure enough in 16 days they they beat the elite four just miraculous again how how do you catch a pokemon when there are thousands of people doing it there's there's just no way catch a pokemon let alone choose uh, like teach the right pokemon like moves the right that are relevant tms at or hms <laughs> to get through certain areas of the game yes right yeah how do you teach someone cut like you need to go into the menu, choose yeah. cut. You have to have a Pokemon that can learn cut, yeah, which in right? itself is not easy. And make sure not to release them when you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which is an option. It was always an option. And always like, a scary thing. Of course, there are people in the, in the chat who are chaos agents, right? Who just want to see this thing yep. not succeed. Bunch of real so, jokers in there. Yeah. People always want to like try and fuck it up a little bit, but there, uh, th- this project apparently is tempting to play all of them, all the Pokemon games through this way. Mm-hmm. which i'm really excited about that is i don't know it is uh it, it very much feels like my dad telling me that like huey lewis and the blues got back together and they're going on <laughs> tour or something like that like it's just huey lewis and the blues isn't it huey lewis and the news uh no different guys huey lewis and the news are the real band huey lewis and the blues are a band of roving cuberts who go and play <laughs> the blues at your house the Q Blues? Huey Q- 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 <laughs> Lewis and the Blues is Q- who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Huey Hewis and the and the blues? Huey Hewis and the blues. I feel like I'm just like 
sounds are leaking out of my mouth. I'm not even speaking words. Huey Hewis. <laughs> oh man, that is a character. He's probably yeah. it's probably Millennial Kirby is one of his favorite bands for sure. Yeah, I think so. D- David, do you have something fueling your sense of optimism? Uh, it's that very unique sense of accomplishment you get when you beat a very difficult boss. Yeah, like in a Souls born type of game. Mm-hmm. So that last boss in Liza P, man, he was just kicking my ass, and then just something clicks, and you're just like, "All right, I've got I will your no longer now. retreat from this person. I will no longer dodge. I am meeting you <laughs> in the middle of battle, and I will block everything and beat you." That is always such a satisfying moment because it is just it's 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 a mixture of learning and accomplishment. It's it's mm-hmm. such a quick feedback loop of you've learned how to do this, and now here's your reward. You've beat the game. Here's cutscene. Here's all the good stuff that you've been wanting this whole time. Yeah, it, it's just you don't. I don't get I, I don't get that personally from any other type of game. Mm-hmm. It is a very specific sense of, hey, I did it. That was hard and I persevered and I did a good job because I learned. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like it happens in, in really specific other instances, right? Exactly. Yeah. In other games, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like the I, I was I was going to ask you, what are your like greatest hits of this thing specifically? Oh, Genichiro but, Ashina. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. That that one was tough. It was Vicar Emilia for me. Was the first one where at like mm. that was the first FromSoft game that I played was Bloodborne, and like Vicar Emilia for me was like the check. Like I had yeah. to get better at the fucking video game. Yep, that one. But I was gonna say uh, the the Ganondorf fight from Ocarina of Time really felt like mm. this is really hard, and you do have yeah. to kind of figure out like you know when to hit him how to hit that like ball of energy back and forth between you and him and in the final Mm -hmm. like fight there. All of that was really cool. I mean, like I can point to any Mega Man game, Yeah, you know, that's, that's the, the the same kind of deal. Uh Uh-huh. The last boss in Metroid Dread. Oh yeah, true. Very similar. Had to use every single move in your arsenal. Had to use them all. I I feel like there have to be more from when I was younger because I feel like difficulty was such a thing with those mm-hmm. games of that era for jack 2 it wasn't any boss but it was just some of those driving missions man oh my god yeah true stunt man oh my god it took us years to beat stunt man like you and i Quite were literally to, like <laughs> we returned to that game pretty regularly and i i think like we probably didn't beat it until like high school or something that game is so hard the tuck tucks man oh my so god challenging oh my god i feel god. like there were there were the tuck tuck levels but the ones that the one that stopped you and i pretty dead in our tracks was one of the i think it may have been the last level where you're it's in like a james bond mission yeah. essentially yeah and like one of the last levels is that you have to pilot a car remotely and oh, so it changes the God. angle to like a camera and oh, it's just fucking man. impossible to, to drive that it from that so angle hard it's the last thing you do in that level and so like you have to yeah. do everything else perfect just to make an attempt at uh-huh. this just imagine that you are trying to play a racing game but the camera orientation is that of resident evil one yes yeah it's fixed like they've just decided where it. that camera is going to be and you have to drive in relation to that camera and it changes baby it changes fast yeah the uh i feel like there's a lot of instances of like guitar hero too where it's like you've been struggling with like Ooh, a song for a yeah. long time when i beat Freebird for the first time mm. Freebird, uh bark at the bark at the moon bark at the moon was yeah. tough guitar hero one was very hard in general they hadn't like 
done the hammer on thing yet and so there's no. so much less room for error uh-huh yeah that one was that one was something special good to hear one mm. back back in my day we didn't have hammer ons pull we only had Kiwi hubert in the news and the blues <laughs> he's not even blue no he's not he's he's red red orange <laughs> yeah he's um, feeling very blue though feeling he's gonna make a real blue. nasty joke I was saying more as he's sad, but oh. it could be that too. Yeah. I like Qbert making kind of a gross joke more than sad Qbert. Sad Qbert hurts me in, in my soul somewhere. Well, give me um, your best uh, blue joke, Qbert. Oh, boy. Um, you want to know <laughs> how they know I'm male on Wikipedia? How's that, Qbert? This big donger thing on my nose. <laughs> Do you want to move on to our main thing, David? <laughs> Please release me from this bit. <laughs> I release let, you. Let's let leave go. this behind forever. I never want to say it again. Welcome to Good Games. It's a segment where we talk about the okayest games of yesteryear mm-hmm. and gush all the things that we love about him. David, nerves of steel. I feel like we were mid-conversation just now when we went into Good Games and you're just staring me down like, dude, I got the, <laughs> the soul of Q right now. I cannot be shaken. We were talking about sports and the and the Kings. And it when we talk about that, I just go into a different mindset completely i have to i have to steal myself against all emotion otherwise i will just be a hot mess this is yeah you're you're unlocking your latent ability to just sort of like center yourself my latent ability is called years of pain <laughs> years of basketball themed <laughs> years pain. of basketball pain and it makes me numb to emotion not a good outcome <laughs> no but it's not maybe it's something not good, good for the king specifically healthy. yeah it's all basketball related you're an emotional man i've seen it You've seen it. We uh, got a suggestion from listener uh, Carl, who also uh, sent in pronunciation of his name like a year ago. So thank you for Carl that we're Carl. finally paying that off. I think he had uh, suggested the long dark before, but this time he had mm. suggested Master of Orion 2. Deep cut. Deep cut. I did not know about this game at all. Me like, neither. truly just hadn't heard of it, which I'm sure for some people is probably blasphemous because in my research, it does seem like this is kind of a big deal in this genre. This is a pillar. Um, it, It's not the same thing, but like being like, who the fuck is Mario, dude? <laughs> Who's that guy? Who's exactly. Sonic the Honchog? Who's that dude? He haunches all over the place. He's got some big haunches. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was this was a, a one from Carl. So thank thank you for suggesting it too. Appreciate it. Can I hit you with some hot stats about about Master of Ryan too, David? Please. Hot stats. Hot stats. So this game came out for DOS, Windows ninety five, and Mac for uh, or November twenty wow. second of nineteen ninety six. Yeah, the, that doesn't tell you something. I don't know what will. <laughs> the operating systems alone should date <laughs> when this came out. This was made by Simtex, which is a company that also made Master of Ryan one, uh, Master of Magic, which is like kind of a similar game. It's another four X game, but it's like in the f- fantasy world. Uh, and then of course their hit eighteen thirty railroads and robber barons. I don't I know would if that play one. That. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if that one's 4X, but... Uh, Man, 4X in my heart. 
I do have a review from World Village, and in parentheses, Gamer Zone, because Joe Video did not review this one, so he uh, had to take Gamer Zone instead. But is it? But it's World Village. Parentheses, parentheses Gamer Zone. Yeah, I don't know what that means at all. Is it the Gamer Zone of a website called World Village? <laughs> yeah. Is this just a tab? Is this a wing of World Village? <laughs> exactly right. I don't know. Who knows? But I've taken the review, ran it through Google Translate a number of times uh, from one language into another, eventually arriving back out in English in its mangled review form, uh, which I will now read for you, David. Let's hear it. Is Lord Orion 2 worth the wait? I'm confused. I played four games and never had to wait for a movie. I think the game <laughs> is over. If, if you're a geek like me, avoid Orion Master 2. The game is fun. But if you're too intelligent, you might end up waiting a long time for a CD. Uh, and they gave that one a 6 out of 10. Whoa, they did not like Master of Orion 2. A little... A They're little too smart. They're too smart yeah, for it. Yeah, it's a little high-minded, a little holier than thou, if, uh-huh. I'm, if I'm reading this one correctly. <laughs> I sort of get the feeling that's probably not the original text of the review, but this translated form definitely has a little snootiness to it. You know? Gamer Zone, man. Getting Get, high yeah, on I their mean, own supply. It feels appropriate for Gamer Zone to be a little full of itself, <laughs> to be fair. It's, 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 this is very true. Unfortunate, but true. Can you tell me what this game is, David? Master of Orion 2? Yeah, can I give you a, a fun fact real quick? Hit me with a fun fact. Fun fact. The term 4X was actually yeah. coined in a review for Master of Orion 1. Oh, wow. In computer gaming world by alan emrick where he rated the game quadruple x as a pun for triple x right yeah uh but then said that the x's stand for explore expand exploit and exterminate mm. wow so, found they got that it out. in one they yeah they figured the genre out immediately <laughs> or so says wikipedia uh sure. but yeah, yeah this game is a 4x game which mm-hmm. means that you expand oh no you explore you expand you exploit and you exterminate yes i guess you don't necessarily have to do the last one in this one and most 4x games that's an option yeah you don't have to do it well you don't have to do the the uh, exterminate part but you take on the role of a species of some sort, a spacefaring species. You get like, I think, 10 or so different options. Of, it's kind of a lot. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of them in there of, of different species. And they range from, you know, very militaristic to very scientific research based, espionage based, diplomat diplomacy based. Uh, so you can really kind of pick and choose how you play the game. Mm-hmm. And then you get put into the actual game board, which is just a universe, a, ga- a galaxy, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are different star clusters that you can go and explore and expand into. See what I did there? <laughs> uh, and to exploit the resources that are there to maybe exterminate your enemies. So you are essentially you're 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 getting a starting base on a certain world, uh, and you have to kind of build up your resources there, build up your resources, do some researching, make some more buildings to do some more research, or make some more units, or make some new things to go explore the universe. Uh, and then as the game progresses, you start interacting with different species and empires that are butting up against your territory and you can deal with those diplomatically or otherwise right Mm -hmm. and so the point of the game is to eventually be the the top dog in this galaxy yes yeah it's surprising to me how much of that formula was here already you know yeah because like the the way that you're describing it just now like that's still kind of the deal (laughs) that's still most of it yep i think just like looking at it the biggest thing that is difference is just like the visuals of it like there's 
the the UI is very different compared to what things look like now. But the the underlying mechanics are like that's that's it. That's still the same thing. Yeah. Which I feel like is sort of a testament to how much or how influential this game was when it came out. Mm-hmm. Just because like yeah, they got it. They they got it way back then too. They sure did. And that's what I thought was so interesting playing this game is that you could just see the the bone structure of all these other great games that came from this one when when I played mm-hmm. this game. Yeah. Uh, it definitely wasn't as expansive or uh, you flashy, know, almost f- flashy, right? As some of the other games that came after them, but it's still just as deep mechanically, mm-hmm. and in some ways is a little bit more streamlined as well. In that there isn't as much fluff around the edges that other games added to you know make themselves stand out apart from this game mm-hmm. it is just pure distilled 4x in this experience which is really yeah. what i enjoyed about it i was gonna say yeah you, we were texting back and forth and you had said like you really liked this game which i don't know if i wasn't expecting but i don't think i knew that you were like a 4x guy that like this was a thing that you liked a lot i haven't played a lot of them because i've never been much of a pc gamer sure yeah but a uh, man did i bring my macbook to the brink of death many times <laughs> at rice when i would just stay up late into the morning playing i think it was civ 4 i think it was civ 4 yeah probably 4 or 5 one of those i think it was 4 i feel like 5 was like the big one around that time but i could Might be wrong five. maybe it was 4 because whichever one was not going to make my computer explode <laughs> I remember yeah. it, like having to leave the window open and putting it next to the window just to cool down my computer because like <laughs> oh my just one more turn, one more turn. Yeah. So really, I think it's good that I'm not much of a PC gamer. Otherwise, I think these games would try to consume my life in a lot of ways. Sure. But I also enjoyed this one in the other 4X game I played is Civ. But in comparison mm-hmm. to Civ, what I liked about this is that I can see just the whole map right away. I can't see the star yeah. systems themselves, but I can see everything that's going on. I don't have to manage the camera which is nice for me. I like to just be able to point Mm -hmm. and click. It feels a little bit more streamlined that way. Yeah. And I like that that still makes, makes you have to do a lot of interesting decisions with this, not necessarily smaller scale, but mm-hmm. just a different presentation of, of yeah. the game. All of the bones of it are there. And without having as many of the animations that go on in a Civ game, it, like to me, it did make it feel just a little bit snappier mm-hmm. in, you know, transporting a worker to a different planet to make them, you know, go and farm on this irradiated planet that I had inhabited <laughs> for some reason uh, before I really knew how to play the game. Like, good luck, no, I buddy. did the same shit. I totally fucked up so bad. I way overexpanded at first and everyone was yeah. dying and there was a, f- a famine there was a food crisis <laughs> and then i just had to abandon one of my colonies i'm like i have abandoned my child abandoned abandoned my, boy. my boy so yeah it, it, it definitely gives you all of those experiences of a great forest game because it is a great forest game mm-hmm. just in a more streamlined snappier and in a way a less cinematic in a less cinematic way but no less impactful way for me yeah it feels like this is the it's like the the midpoint between just a board game version of this and like the kind of high fidelity version of these games that exist today Mm -hmm. where like it isn't as flashy you don't get a lot of the animations that are in the other ones but yeah the game is still there Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of what i was doing initially was just sort of like managing people a lot of the time like just getting people from one planet to another or like having enough food or having enough uh production and shit like that Mm -hmm. resource management i think you're right it did remind me of a board game in that way and i Mm -hmm. do love a good resource management game yeah it's it's cool because i feel like the the game definitely shows you a little bit how to play and i think like prior experience with these games is exceptionally helpful Mm -hmm. for me to know like what i need to do 
Yeah. But you can kind of intuit it sometimes, right? Like if you're, st- it'll tell you like, Hey, you're starving. Yep. Okay. Well, how do I fix that problem? And I feel like a lot of it for me in my playthrough of this was just like, I'm just fixing the problem that is directly in front of me and also trying to like, you know, make a bigger galaxy colonization or, or civilization, you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting. This was like a really interesting play. I thought I was going to not enjoy it as much as I did. Same. I thought I was going to have to spend, well, I did have to spend a lot of time learning how to play it, uh, yeah. but it wasn't <laughs> as much as I thought I was going to have to do. And then yes, once you yeah. get just the very basic components of the game, everything else kind of falls into place. You're like, okay, I kind of get how it wants me to even just interact with it, like UI wise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you can figure out what to do. Yeah. Once you are able to be like, right click just shows me what the thing is. Yeah. It's very helpful. Yeah. Took me a while to realize how to redistribute my workers. <laughs> me too. That was like the first thing that I ran into that like, I feel like I should have enough resources to be making enough food and production to be doing okay. Mm hmm. And like, we're all just starving all the time. What's the problem here? There's, there's actually kind of a lot of like pretty good YouTube tutorials out there that like for the stuff that did need a little bit more explaining was helpful to just go check out. Like, how should I actually be managing the workers here? Yeah. And that was cool. I, I, I liked that. I, I liked that. Uh, it was easy to figure out like, what, what do I need to be doing? Just with, you know, a little YouTubing, a light YouTubing. Yeah. A light YouTube. It didn't, didn't have to go too deep into the, the YouTube minds to find the information I was looking for. Uh, yeah. and it just made it much, much more grokkable as I think you would say, Chase. Mm-hmm. It yeah. got me to grok it, yeah. uh, quickly, which was great. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I had mentioned this a little bit before, but I feel like my enjoyment of these games is just like, can I get to some fun stuff quick enough? Sure. I think Civ again, the, the newer civilizations, like four onward, I feel like they, they, they allow you fun pretty quick. They allow you some entertainment pretty early in the game. Whereas like I had a much harder time with like Stellaris for that reason. Cause it was like, I think the stuff that is really amazing about that game from my understanding, like mm-hmm. from people who I've heard like explain it, comes kind of later sure and like when you're doing a lot of stuff whereas this one was pretty much immediate the first time that i was like oh cool i have another star system under my control is mm-hmm. like sick that's great immediately yeah or the first time that i like run into another civilization and it does that whole animation where it like you're looking at like a big hologram from from underneath yeah that's it. cool <laughs> It's so cool. It's so funny. A very 1990s version of what like space communication looks like and shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like very much rooted in Star Trek, like how it was portrayed and Star Wars a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Definitely on the harder side of sci-fi. Although like the the races are all pretty nuts, which is very fun. Yeah, I do. I do have one thing to say about one of the races, the Noloms, I think is what it is. Sure. Which uh, ones are these? Gave me some big Sebulba vibes, which didn't feel great. <laughs> Let's see. Sebulba vibes in the sense that uh, they're like a weird flying guy or that they're like a caricature of a certain subset of people. A caricature of a certain subset sure. of people, specifically <laughs> yeah. Jewish people. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of that in games of this era yeah. where there's just like, whether it was intentional or not, there is like a shorthand being used a lot of the time. Mm hmm. Um, like D&D was doing this up until very recently, too, yeah. of like, yeah, you know, gnomes or uh, uh, like goblins, the bad guys, mm-hmm. the inherently bad guys, their yeah. race is bad. That's yeah. that's what they are. And so, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff here, especially when you're creating a new, you know, fantasy race of people. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I see this a lot, even in like the 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 prequels and shit. Like you said, the, yeah, there's a lot of that in there. Good old Sebulba. Yeah, it's pretty much th- these people. I was like, OK, I was looking at their character design. 
I'm like, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And then it says like, oh, they're really good at trading. And then their, their <laughs> yeah. ambassador comes up and they start pl- playing some space klezmer music. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but besides that, great game. <laughs> Yeah, and Dated, some of the in its ways. I, I feel like some of the races are like actually very inventive and cool. That's, that's what I was gonna say. And the, uh, there's some other of the other ones that are just totally unique, which is great too. Darlocks, that's just a warlock. That's a space warlock. That's cool as that's hell. That's cool. Sakra, that's a space dinosaur. I'm into that. That's cool. There's one that looked like something out of Bloodborne. The Trillarians, I think. They're like this blue. The Trillarians. Like, te- tentacled <laughs> monster that has like big wings. They're kind of horrifying, but like. Eldridge. Love that. Yeah, very Eldridge. Yeah. yeah. What was the race of just like hot lady? Alarians. Yeah. For God's sakes. You guys think no, right? <laughs> come on. It's just like blue human that also has booba. Like, yeah. Come on. They're, they were in my game. And I was just like, okay, you guys. Yeah, that one, that one too was like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah, there's like essentially the Kashit in there, just like cat space people. <laughs> the Mersians. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then I loved the like the rock people that are just like big stony creatures. Oh yeah, they don't have to eat. Yes, yeah. There's no mm-hmm. like there's no food requirements for that race. So I was like, that's Great. fucking cool. That's, that's cool. very sick. Right. But I think like something about like, the, I think that their growth was very slow yeah. or something that like they, they didn't expand very quickly. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of shit that I love in this game where there is like mm-hmm. a mechanical difference in the way that these very different races play out. You know, also just like how boring is the human playthrough, man? Come I know. On. Just like we're something. charismatic and democratic and that's us. <laughs> yeah. We're humans. <laughs> like, Give me something interesting here. <laughs> give me the rock people give me the rock people they don't have to eat mm-hmm. give me the space spies they're cool too yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's fun i i, I liked it like you said some of them are hit or miss but yeah uh, the hits are definitely hits although the misses are are definitely misses yeah they are all still definitely unique and play differently which is also cool mm-hmm. i like that who, who did you play as by the way i played as the Alarians. Oh, sure. Why not, David? (laughs) That's what the guy on my playthrough did. So I'm just like, all right, I'll just do what he does. That's what I learned. That's what I learned. I learned it from watching you. (laughs) I played as the Akari, the like bird dinosaur dudes. Ooh, those were cool too. Loved those dudes. I love their little like pointy shoulder pads that like came out. (laughs) Just very sick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The uh, the fashion in all of these games is like incredibly, incredibly fun because it's this like vision of sci-fi that feels very influenced by like like 70s and 80s sci-fi in the sense that the the fashion for the people who are wearing clothes feels like something you could see on Star Trek, which in itself is constrained to like, what can we make for this show? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not a cg thing that we can just paint over it's like we actually need to turn a shirt into this creature's like wardrobe Mm -hmm. and so like the shirts of a lot of these people are very silly or they look like they could be made out of like paper mache or something sure and and then there's just like the ant just straight up an ant (laughs) big ant but the klaxons right i think so yeah Uh just like that is such a sci-fi name for a, a a race of ants, the Klaxons. Mm-hmm. It's very good. That's, that's that one was was pretty great. I thought. Mm-hmm. What did you name your star system? Your starting star system and your your ruler. That was Beanland. It's the uh, anytime that I like am naming a place, it's always Beanland or mm-hmm. Bean Zone. My wife and I call each other Bean. Which there you go. Listen, don't don't come for me, Internet. It's our relationship. Get Two beans in a pod. Yeah. We've been calling each other for 10 years, and so it's not the cringe millennial thing that you think. It's just the thing that we call each other. Relax. 
but yeah, so it was Beanlander Bean Zone, and then my uh, ruler was Chut Buttby. <laughs> it's always some variation of a misspelling of my first name, but I decided to throw it to a classic of Chut Buttby. That is a classic misspelling of your name. It's true. What was what was yours? I was the starting star system was Sacramento. Sure. Did. <laughs> Sacramento in space. Uh, and uh, my ruler was Brucifer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I get mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I hope they have space at Alberto's in, in, in Sacramento, the galaxy. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not space Sacramento if it doesn't have adults. Yeah, that's true. What other, what other space stuff is in space Sacramento, the galaxy, David? Space the Merc. <laughs> the Mercantile <laughs> Saloon. The Mercantile Saloon in space. I would go. That would be cool. It would probably look identical to what it looks like in downtown Sacramento. <laughs> and the, the drinks, despite being 3,000 years in the future, would be like f- still five dollars for like a long island iced tea for just 90 percent alcohol <laughs> and like lower lower quality alcohol than they're allowed to sell in the grocery store and like this is <laughs> terrible terrible stuff this is moonshine baby yeah somebody's build or yeah they've got a still in the back of the <laughs> absolutely saloon. going globaling at country club lanes would like Ooh. take on a whole new meaning Whoa. you would actually be in space you know? bowling with a bunch of alien species that'd be cool i would Okay, who would you most like to go bowling with and least like to go bowling with? Of these races? Give me the trans-dimensional water people. <laughs> Trillarians. Yes, the, uh, the, 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 the Eldritch, Eldritch Horrors. horrors. Yes. <laughs> I feel like they know how to have a good time. Maybe the Cylons would be cool too. The Mertians. The Mertians look like a bunch of bros to me. The like big jacked cat people. Yeah. I feel like the Mechlar Assembly might have some stuff to do at bowling. They might be really good at bowling. I can see that. They're like robot bodies but they have like it looks like the creature is just like one little thing that is inside of a much larger robot body yeah i see that Ooh, no maybe the bull wrathy they look bull like Ratha. they look like oh absolutely it's just essentially an english bulldog but yeah <laughs> a race of people yeah those dudes absolutely throw throwback just pitcher upon pitchers of beers and they definitely are in a bowling league yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the way that they stay active during the week. As yeah, no, that's that's. The I think that's the answer. answer. I think that's Bull the answer. Bull is the definitely Bull the answer. Yeah. Not the humans. <laughs> no, the humans are boring. I don't want these guys. He looks too intense. Why does he look like this? He looks like an angry Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah, bad Patrick Stewart. Bad Trick Stewart. Bad Trick Stewart. Fun game. I feel like this is something that we don't usually cover on Podsumism, like this sort of game. Yeah. Like the incredibly crunchy early PC era video games, mm-hmm. I feel like are something that we've, I don't, I don't know if it's a blind spot. We definitely don't cover it as much though. Yeah, it's true. It, it, I think that just for the format of the show, these games just demand a lot more attention and thought sure. and time to, sure. to put yeah. into them than a lot of other games. But I was, I was really pleasantly surprised by this one this was great me too i feel like it is it definitely rises above just like the the normal okayest game right i think this is another one of those things like uh ikaruga almost that we played Mm -hmm. where it was like this is clearly just a game i don't have that much experience with and maybe doesn't get enough coverage oh yeah this is incredible this is a genre defining video game that i just like hadn't really been exposed to before Mm -hmm. i think it was like just before my time too n64 was like the thing i was focused on in 1996 yeah 
And I definitely didn't have like a good enough computer. Like my dad had a computer that could run doom for a little while, but that was really it. And like, I don't think that the, I don't think my dad was about to fire up master of Orion two and be like, we got to figure it out. We got to expand. We got to expand. My, my dude wanted to shoot demons and that's about it. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No shade. Cause I mm-hmm. also wanted to shoot demons. Cool. I feel like it might be time for a doom playthrough. It feels, mm-hmm. that feels appropriate. The original. Um, yeah. One of the two doom two, I think is the better of the two, but they're both mm-hmm. good. I have a, uh, like very specific memory of playing doom with my dad in both our old and like the newer house that I grew up in. And he had one of these like just ancient heaters that was just like a very hot thing that heated up <laughs> like a, a wire that got really hot yeah and like the smell of it is so burned into my memory mm. i think it's just probably like metal and dust heating up at the <laughs> sure. same time yeah but that along with the like uh sage that he would burn while we were playing cute burn doom. sage while you played doom yes absolutely he would like again my dad's like he he's a big big tough biker guy not like actually but that is the visual style that he's putting on but a little woo woo there's some woo in here in there too that's true there is you know i never noticed that oh yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. definitely like a a smudging kind of guy you know smudging uh it's like where you like rafiki no it's it's where you burn sage and like clear a space of the energy that it has oh wow like um i think it's like appropriative and maybe not great (laughs) but like uh as you know anything that white people do where we like learn about one thing a culture did and we're like what if this is our whole identity now (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah supposedly that's what i was told about it is that like you know you do it to like cleanse a space or whatever Mm. who knows if there's any truth to that at all or if it's just a untrue thing that we made up but we're probably special but hey burning sage smells good Mm -hmm. it smells very good so uh might be time to burn some sage and play some doom maybe Mm. play master of orion and burn some sage why not? Feels good. I feel like Master of Orion 2, the like canonical way that you have to play this game is like in a computer room somewhere. <laughs> like I know that that's not a thing that really exists for a lot of families anymore. Yeah. Cause like nobody needs a specific room devoted to a computer, uh-huh. but like it feels like that should be where I play it. Yeah. Do not play it on the couch. Has to Don't be a, cha- play- a computer chair. Not even an office. I need the computer room. The yeah. thing that is solely devoted to computing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have those anymore, huh? Sure don't. I mean, why would you? It right. is kind of just the office these days, but still. Mm-hmm. Wow. Video games. Uh, Carl, thanks for suggesting this one. Yeah. It was very good. Thank you, Carl. I had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. Likewise. It's a good video game. Master of Orion 2. Master of Orion. Featuring Cuber. Um, Hello gamers, it's me Chase and uh, it's outro time. If you want to talk to the show, interact with us, you can do that on poddomism.com. It has a link to a bunch of shit, but probably the most easy uh, thing to uh, get in contact with us is in the Discord. Uh, We are part of a podcast network called The Worst Garbage and uh, we have a Discord that houses all of those shows. Shows like Can't Let It Go or Into the Aether or Frog of the Week, stuff like that. Maybe some more stuff coming soon. Wouldn't know a thing about that. No. But (laughs) Um, so, uh, yeah, you can come hang out in there and chat it up. Uh, the, the website also has a place where you can see if we've played a game before. And if we have, then you just type it into a little search box and it'll show you what episode that we talked about it in. If it's in the section of the show notes where I included what games we talked about, hopefully I didn't miss any. 
Mm-hmm. I had there's like a period of time where I just like went back and tried to find all the games that we played, just like skipping through an episode. So like, who knows? There might be a mention of Mega Man <laughs> Legends that I left out, but uh, you know, it's mostly there. Uh, you can also suggest a game for us to play uh, during the good game segment, which we have a lot of. But and thank you for everybody who sent those in. Very appreciative of it. There's some that I've been meaning to play, like not in good games. Some mm-hmm. that I'm like, this might actually just make sense for me to just like smash through this hmm. i know also you had gotten suggested to play minute a while back which oh, sounds yeah. like a good david game so maybe maybe coming soon let's see what else um thank you scout wilkinson for our podcast art it's very good and she's a very good artist sure is if you want to check out her stuff it's at ko-fi.com slash humble goat uh sometimes she has her commissions open and you can get some cool stuff from her uh you can also just like support her on there you know there's like a monthly thing that you can sign up for and get like cool behind the scenes stuff oh that's cool the art art that she's working on i do that i get scouts almost daily or emails from scout almost daily about like here's a sketch of this thing that i'm working on it's awesome and cool so yeah that's that's an option available to you I uh, think also uh, speaking of the worst garbage a minute ago, thank you for uh, having us on the network. It's very yeah, cool. Love to you. be here. Lots of cool stuff in the pipeline. I think when, when is this going to come out? But uh, in, in a couple of months here, I'll be on uh, one of into the Aether's bonus episodes. There was a one shot D and D campaign that we did with uh, Steven Hilger DMing the, the campaign. It was exceptionally fun and cool. And I'm really excited for people to hear that. So uh, when that comes out, I'll, I'll mention it again on the show, but yeah, cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Lots of, lots of collaborations you know collab collabs if you will so yeah thank you for having us on the network so it's awesome if you want to help out the show a couple things you can do one is uh review it on like apple Podcasts or spotify that uh, helps push the algorithm a little bit uh definitely the the easier and maybe not easier but better thing to do is uh just show it to a friend be like hey gamers i think you might like this and here's a podcast about it they might be like i don't know man a lot of mentions of cubert in this one i don't know how much i can stomach uh <laughs> Cubert haters do not come. Yeah, do not, not apply. Anyway, uh, all that aside, thank you, listener, for listening to this podcast. Yes, we have a great you. time making it, you know, hitting our groove. 2024, here we are making this pod. Coming up on 200 episodes, David. What do we do it's about crazy. that? I don't know. I don't know. Me neither. We we're need gonna, to figure something out. Because like 100. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do this one from the uh, the one, one place, place not corrupted by, by capitalism. capitalism. <laughs> Is this going to be the next Bioshock game in space? <laughs> no, uh, wasn't that Tim Curry in uh, Red Alert or whatever? Oh, um, oh, sure. Red Alert, man. Yeah. I've not about that uh, one in a while. <laughs> My dad was a big into Red Alert. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that feels true. <laughs> Tracks for a Wusto. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we got we got to do something because 100 was our most meaningful games, which I look back on with a lot of fondness. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a good, good one. one. So I think we we're both just like, are we going to make it to 200 episodes? I don't know. Let's just do the the thesis for the podcast for 100. Know, Let's yeah, do it. It's true. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll do something cool. But uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. We, we deeply appreciate it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, Dave, do you have any gaming wisdom, Dave? I do. I what do, Chase. It? it is not what you are that mm. makes you who you are. Yeah. It's your actions. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's cool. It. Good, good wisdom. Got. That was just regular good wisdom. I just, I just brought good wisdom this week based off yeah. of lies of P, I guess. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's the, the culmination of your actions. Nothing fun or funny this week. <laughs> this is a comedy list end to the podcast. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs>
We're done. Cupid is dead. Cupid is dead. Stomped on him. I'm realizing now that I've said Q a fair bit, which is just like so associated with QAnon. Oh, so just like no, this to, is we are not signaling to QAnon. We are not doing that. Please, please, God, yeah. do not associate <laughs> us with that. We are not trying to get any of those weirdos here. Yeah, to be fair, to be explicitly you, clear. Listen, yeah, I know it's I know it's easy to mix them up. Cubert, cool dude. QAnon, dipshits. Just <laughs> please, let's. I need to be obvious about what's happening here. Now I'm just thinking about the Cubert shaman, and that's a funny image in my mind. Yeah, a lot of Behind those things. Bars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cuberts. <laughs> That's what Cubert is actually. It's just him stomping on the steps of the Capitol. Oh my God. <laughs> was Cubert at January 6th by there. accident? He was there. He says, doesn't he try to stomp on a snake? Don't tread on me. <laughs> Don't tread on me, baby. <laughs> All right. It makes too uh, much sense. We need to stop this. <laughs> yeah. Just one more time, everybody, for the people in the back. Cubert, cool. QAnon, fuck off. Yeah. All right. <laughs> See you next week. See everybody. you next week, all you rational human beings out there. <laughs> you cool Goodbye. guys. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye.